Welcome to Good Morning Hospitality, your one-stop shop for the latest news, noteworthy trends, and thought-provoking discussions across the industry. From hotels and short-term rentals to all things travel and hospitality, you'll find each episode equips you with the information that you need to start your week. Join us on Good Morning Hospitality every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts. You still make my heart beat fast, Ferrari, with me in the wave, but in the morning. Everybody, wow. How was that for a good jolt of caffeine to wake you up? Energy. <laughs> Wait a second. I can't hear you. What happened to your mic? All right, let's see. You can hear me. I can't hear you yet. Let's see. Let's see. Why can't I hear you? I could hear that music. Hmm. What's going on? Steve is muted. Mute. Unmute Steve. Let's see. Okay. Steve, while Steve is on the other side, um, fixing his mic. Good morning, everybody. Why don't we do a quick roll call wherever you guys are tuning in from? Let us know. Yeah, yeah, jamming. Exactly. Oh, by the way, also, I don't know if you guys have the new feature on your phone um, or your uh, laptop, but um, if you have a Mac and you've updated to the new iOS system, weird stuff like this happens. So sorry for that. But good morning, everyone. Definitely let us know where you are tuning in from. Um, So we've got Steve will be joining us back in just a second, a little bit of technical difficulties. But where are you guys joining in from? We've got Esteban joining us, Nina, Alexandra, Brett. I'm seeing you guys. Good morning. Miami, Antonio. Love that you joined us. Nicholas, hello from Cyprus. Hello. Stella from North Bay Village. Love this. Um, I'm here live in Los Angeles. The sun is going to be coming up in just a little bit. Argentina. Esteban joining us from Argentina. Love Argentina. Been there several times. Actually, a lot of times, um, which is great. The intercontinental Miami, Nina. Wonderful. Love it. We love seeing everybody from all different parts of the world. Um, so we are just testing out the mic in the background. Good morning, everyone. Well, <laughs> we got Steve is going to be joining us back again in just a little bit. But um, definitely, we've got a, a lot of really interesting topics today. Um, everything from talking about what's going on with booking.com um, to also there's there are some interesting um, things that are happening in the world of airports that they're actually going to be testing, being able to reserve your line in security, which is absolutely crazy and challenging. Um, in the meantime, have you guys seen anything interesting in the world of hospitality? Any, like anything that was surprising to you that you've seen this week in the past week, let us know in the comments. Curious about that as we dive in. Um, also want to give a note of, I wanted to do this with Steve, but a note of acknowledgement. Oh, I think I'm back. He's back right on cue, by the way, right on cue. Well, I'm sad I missed everything we were doing, everybody, but I'm glad to be back. And I'm sure, Sarah, you were just prepping to to chat, but I'll hop in. I'll let you continue on. Yeah, no, no, no. We just did a little bit of roll call, roll call, talked about what we are going to be discussing today. And um, I was actually just about to say, 
um, that, you know, I know that we were talking about this a little bit behind the scenes, but, you know, a shout out to everybody that is going through challenging times in different parts of the world. Um, it has been really hard to see all the news. And so um, I know that we are just sending out our heartfelt condolences um, and support to anybody that is um, needing it, especially in the, the area yeah. of the East. Yeah. And we say just from all of us, you know, we have a lot of friends in Israel, so people who listen to the show that are listeners all the time, yeah. you know, different companies that we work with. And it's just a shame what's happening. And we're here to support everyone out there and your thoughts and prayers, you know, we're sending them to you. So anyone listening today, you know, send those vibes over to them. It's just terrible what we're seeing across the world. Absolutely. Then, and uh, yeah, so again, sending nothing but um, hopes for, for peace and everybody to be um, safe and lots of love. So uh, that being said, we will switch it, the, the energy in the room a little bit, but we had to acknowledge that I can't just hop on here necessarily uh, just dive into that. But let's go ahead and start on our first topic. And no, I know, Steve, you were really excited about this topic. So um, talking about hotels really getting into doing these luxury yachts, hotels getting into cruising, but specifically yacht, the luxury yacht area, um, and Ritz-Carlton. Now, famously, I know Ritz-Carlton um, launched their first yacht a couple years back, mm -hmm. um, and now they actually have their second yacht. Now, what's interesting for those that might not be aware, I mean, we're talking about super tiny, um, you know, cruise options for individuals. We're not talking about these mega, mega cruise ships. I mean, we're, they only... I think they have about 279 suites for this next one coming out. And exactly. it's like they, they cap out at about 400 guests. So just think ultra exclusive premium rooms. Mm -hmm. I just had a friend that went on. I didn't realize, but I was just oh. kind of scrolling through social media and a friend oh, just yeah. was on it. And the room looks awesome, like bigger than any wow. major hotel room. But every wow. room is like a suite. And you're going to destinations that the big cruise ships can't get into. So you have really having unique experiences. So I love seeing where this is going. And mm -hmm. for those that follow on the other podcast of the Hospitality Mentor, we had the Four Seasons Yachts uh, COO Thatcher Brown on and nice. their CFO Donald Mason. And they're talking about what they're creating with Four Seasons. So and it sounds like learn? it's going to be yeah. awesome. Like any, what I learned, yeah, what I've learned is um, they are going to be creating basically what you experience in the hotel of Four Seasons, all that magic and all the personalization is going to be on these yachts, but they really want to take it to a whole different level. So they're going to learn all about you before you even get on board. And since wow. they have you there as a captive audience, everything is catered to your likes. Oh, that's so amazing. I love seeing that because we've talked about this where it's about personalization and making sure that you're doing everything that to make sure the guest has a great experience. They're going to be able to do that, but you're with them. So it's not like this giant cruise ship where they can do it for a couple of VIPs. Mm -hmm. Everyone's a VIP on these yachts. And you're able to live, again, that lifestyle that you really like because you might like that brand. You want to travel mm -hmm. on a cruise with them. Now you can stay in residence with them, which we're going to talk about later. So yeah. there's all this stuff happening in hospitality that's really exciting. Uh, I think it's great too. And it's this reminder, you know, for those that have, you know, maybe been in the, uh, you know, in the luxury hospitality space, uh, actually forgetting off the top of my head, how many employees a, um, a property should have per number of guests it, that like basically capacity? Is it yeah. three? Well, luxury hotels, is tough. Like in, when you go to other countries, they yeah. can have like three to one. In the U.S., yeah. it's almost like one to one, one and a half yeah, to yeah, one in the true luxury. In the and US. some hotels right now are really, that's not even close. But 
when you can get some other countries. That's why you see it. Like when I travel to Thailand and say the Mandarin Oriental it was like five to one. So everywhere you look, there was someone waiting for you. But that's yeah. how it's going to be on these cruise ships is mm. everything you need is going to be taken care of for you. And I can see, you know, Brett Rayon is a great chef here from Miami, excited to be on this luxury yacht. So let's see if we can get him yeah. on there. And Antonio Rosillas, I know, you know, a lot of people in that industry. So it's going to be exciting to see where this continues on. But I love seeing it. Would you be yeah. going on one? What do you think? Oh, I would totally go on one. I mean, I've I've been very I have to say I've been very, very lucky that I've, I've been able to go on um, sort of yacht slash cruise experiences of various sizes um and the smaller ones the more intimate ones um even they may not have been super super luxury like the brands that we know like ritz carlton four seasons mm -hmm. uh, they did provide such wonderful personalized service so knowing what i experienced on these more intimate ships combined with the service that i know too well from four seasons with carlton da, 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 etc um is really exciting to see and um and again it's just it's providing a different way for people to to kind of get out there so um and i again when it comes to travel i'm all for like broadening the pie just giving mm -hmm. people more options to choose whether it's ways to stay or um, ways to cruise, ways to fly, etc. <laughs> well, yeah, what I like about it is you can go to these unique places because when you think about it, when you go on a cruise, especially I'm here based in Miami, you kind of hit the same ports over and over again. It's just a yeah. different ship. Yeah. Right? So I'm excited to see where these go and the itineraries they start putting out because you can really check out new places, have some new adventures with the people you love. So Totally. Congrats to these guys continuing to push it. And I'm curious, one other question I have for you, like which brand would you want to see get into yachts that has not yet? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a really, really good question. And for listeners um, out there, why don't you put the brand in that you would want to travel with on a yacht if you could? Yeah, I'm trying to see if I have one. Oh, Peninsula. Ooh. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Peninsula Yachts. All right, Peninsula Hotels. You've got Sarah and I to start bouncing ideas off of. I like that one. Oh, let's go. Um, all right, moving on to our next topic, which you were kind of just talking about here. Um, this, uh, you know, came out with Rosewood. Rosewood Hotel Group is committing to branded residences. Uh, now, this is exciting. Steve, chime in on this. So I like seeing what's happening across hospitality where you get these brands that are starting to make residences and Rosewood is making a big push. They actually have one here in Miami beach that's coming soon mm -hmm. and they're bringing their brand of hospitality because imagine when you're staying at a hotel, a lot of times like, wow, I love this bathroom. I wish I could have this at home or man, this couches or this balcony. I wish I could experience this. And now these brands hear you, they're creating places that you can actually live mm -hmm. and have that service with all the amenities of these resorts. Yeah. And Rosewood is making a big push and they see that people want it. And they're mm -hmm. looking for places that are high demand cities where they have luxury buyers and that people want that lifestyle. And so they're making this big push into a lot of markets now. What's interesting, they're actually due to, and I can speak to this just because of where I'm based, but um, they're looking to do residences in Beverly Hills. And I find that fascinating because we don't have any Rosewood property in the Los Angeles area. So mm -hmm. interesting that they're making a play in, you know, the Beverly Hills, Los Angeles area with their residences. So very, very smart. Um, again, it's just, it's, it, as, as we kind of talked about it, it, I love it when I see hotel brands that are kind of diversifying the way that they're offering um, like ways to stay, 
um, ways to travel, way, you know, ways that you could experience their brand um, just just in a, in a new way. So um, it's definitely interesting to see. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot here. I guess we're unlucky where I live in Miami because now we have the first time St. Regis residences, the yeah. addition residences going up. The newly announced Mandarin Oriental residences. Yes. Uh, it's just wild to see all of these hotel branded residents going up. But from a developer side and talking to some developers are like, it just makes it easier to sell because people know that brand. So when we come up with the name of a building, I'm like, all right, I know I don't really know much about it. But when you tie in that hospitality brand, they really feel like, wow, I know this brand. I know what it stands for. I know the mm -hmm. lifestyle. I can already imagine what my life's going to be like living yeah. in one of these places. So. I love seeing it. We got to get some uh, some new sponsors here so you and I can buy one of these places. We can start building up our sponsorships. I'm all into that. <laughs> that would be great. But again, yeah. it, it, it's it's exciting to see. Definitely, as a you know, as a hospitality um, person, to just you know, kind of see it grow, evolve, and it's um, and and I, I think even like from the um, operation standpoint as well too those that are working in the industry can learn so much from it as well in yeah different and, positions and it's different too i'm curious because i see a lot of people leaving the hotel world and getting involved into residences some of these ultra luxe buildings totally. and I, I see a lot of with concierge and like the front yeah. desk is that have you seen some of your friends do that I, countless <laughs> a very very and a lot of them um i know that even when i was you know still in hotels i definitely had a brief moment that i was like oh would I actually considered working at a residence because I was like, that could be kind of cool because it's like, you still have like the same guest experience, but like it, you've got them for a longer term and what, what's that like? And you can have those real deeper relationships. So um, it, it can definitely be really interesting. And I think potentially rewarding uh, mm -hmm. working in that environment as well too. So, you know, different ways to consider it depending yeah, on I've, I've seen one of the residents this year which i think is cool is like they memorize everyone's favorite coffees for all their residents so when they come out in the morning to get their car from valet they have a their coffee ready for them how they like it so i started seeing those things like wow all right i like these kind you, of cool branded and that's like, that's the thing is is that like when you've got those you know it's a resident so these people are living there you can know their preferences in such detail that that's when you can do those really special wow moments so uh love that story that's really neat yeah really. i i loved it i love seeing it and i hope more and more people get to experience that yeah oh absolutely okay shifting gears here shifting let's do it okay i'm not gonna do that <laughs> Oh, goodness gracious. Um, Booking.com. This was, this is a little concerning to me um, in, in a lot of ways. So Booking.com, and I, actually, by the way, as we talk about this, if anybody's tuning in as, and has had these sort of experiences with Booking.com, please let us know. Um, apparently, Booking.com accommodations, um, like many of their smaller hotel partners, are, are still waiting to get paid from this summer. They have been chasing payments for months and they basically were having, you know, some guests were essentially staying for free. Um, and it has been like pulling teeth to get paid. Blows my mind, especially with everything else that booking.com is doing. I mean, they're growing, they're, they're making other investments and evolving their business, yet they're not paying you know, these smaller hotels that are relying on them for bookings. That's you know, crazy. 
Yeah. Like I was reading that article and like seeing posts online. Cause when you sent the article to me, I was like, let me start looking online here and starting to yeah. see some of the stories. And again, like, it's unbelievable. Booking is multi-billion dollar company and the industry. Now you see how reliant we are on OTAs where some of these hotels are going out of business because they couldn't recover the money. They couldn't get customer service. They couldn't get someone on the phone. They were emailing people on their personal Facebooks. If they said that they work for booking, trying yeah. on LinkedIn and they couldn't collect money. Now this is a small portion of the, the company doing this, yeah. right? But still, you're out a hundred thousand dollars, one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and you're a small operation. That's gigantic numbers to them, right? It, it may not be for booking because I've seen that on the other side. Working in a hotel where booking changed their model, and one of the hotels I worked at was like, "We don't agree to that change. We're mm -hmm. not going to have our hotels on your your site anymore." And yeah. I just remember we were quickly back on there because they were generating so much traffic. To yeah. That company that it was like, all right, how, how tough do we want to be? But it just shows that you got to really look at your direct booking and how you can generate that. Because when you're relying on an OTA, you really don't control that customer. And it's fascinating. And I don't know how many people have paid attention to this, but um, even if you're just looking at stocks and like, let's say you want to invest in like different travel companies. If you look at comparable uh, OTAs and um, and see their stock evaluation um, versus booking. It's like booking.com is tenfold um, higher than uh, like Expedia or it, even if you look at Airbnb, which is also considered a booking engine, so to speak. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Even though it's it's surfacing in a bit of a different way. Um, and the, it's to me, I've always found that very, very fascinating um and you know again but then coming back to just like the business of it it's like okay what's broken how are we not be able, being able to support um some of these sm smaller businesses that rely so heavily on um such a big company and a big service that they offer so yeah it's yeah. scary it's scary because you don't get those payments you live month to month a lot of times in the vacation rental world or hotel boutique hotel world yeah totally. so like you know, booking owns VRBO, Verbo, and mm -hmm. we use that for Tangy Management. And there are times when we have to chase down some money or they just, you know, they don't really check on the credit cards being fraudulent and different oh. things like that, that Airbnb oh. helps us with and some other channels. Oh, so we love taking the direct bookings because we can control the entire experience from beginning yeah. to end. So I think that's the message I took away from seeing all of this is whether you're a hotel that's large, boutique hotel, vacation rental, how are you driving direct bookings? How are you providing that value to that guest that they want to rebook with you? So one thing to get them from booking, get them to rebook with you and do all you can. But yeah, no, de definitely. Um, by the way, Expedia owns VRBO. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Or, oh, no, right. it's yeah, booking. Perfect. Is it booking VRBO, booking Expedia? I think they're all under the same umbrella, guys. It doesn't matter. But it doesn't. So yeah. anyway, um, but yeah, definitely, definitely crazy stuff. So um, let's talk a little bit travel. We talked about hotels. We talked about accommodations. Let's talk a little bit of travel. Found this to be fascinating. And I actually, by the way, went through and tried to do this. So London Heathrow has announced that they're going to allow travelers to reserve their spot in the security line. They, what? Yeah, think you travel a lot on airplanes. What do you think about that? Uh, fascinating. because So I actually went to um, the London Heathrow site 
to be like, okay, let's say I'm traveling. How would I end up doing this? And you literally go to their site and you actually will select like a time. So you say what flight you're leaving off of. Mm -hmm. um, you choose like the airline, the flight, and then it gives you a series of times that you can choose to book as far as um, a, a time slot for the screening security checkpoint. Now, and then also, as you kind of click along, they kind of give about a 15 minute grace period either way. So I know people will be kind of nervous about that. But whoa, um, fascinating, especially for the international travel Um I'd be curious to see how much time it actually saves. Yeah, it'd be. Sounds like it will. It reminds me the first time I heard about it and started reading, I was like, "This reminds me of something I just experienced at Disney with their Lightning Lanes and Disney Genie Plus." So it's like, all right, maybe plus. that's what it is, where you have to like get up at six a.m., reserve your spot before they're all gone. But what if your flight is, you know, all these people are flying at the same time? I'm curious to see how they control that if it's different gates, but well. Look, I like having that experience of knowing, all right, I got to be there at this time. Cause I use clear now. I don't have the TSA pre-check, but clear. I love, I just walk Wait, you up don't there. Check it all. No, I just use clear. I don't fly as much as you. I fly like two or three times oh. a year, but oh I love God. it. I just did a segment last week talking about the differences of clear global entry uh, and TSA pre-check. And I've, you know, I've got all three, but um no, I, I and again, at the end of the day, it all depends on your home um, airport as far as how quickly to go through. And if you have clear, then it makes sense. But I use clear to get on through and um, mm -hmm. and to then, you know, kind of then I have the TSA pre-check and then I don't have to take anything out of my bag. It's actually kind of kind of, <laughs> kind of I just like that. I just walked in, but I like but I'm, I love having this time to to be able to show up at the airport. No, I got to be there. Yeah, I think it'll be really helpful, by the way, uh, these time slots for checking in and reserving um, a lot your spot in the security line for families, because you can reserve up to basically five travelers. So I think it'll be and you can also sign you reserve that time up to three days in advance. So, so good. No, you don't necessarily have to wake up at six in the morning. Um, See, Disney's Disney got to let us do that. I was just kidding. You know, I. I like the experience of being able to book it. And it's for listeners yeah. out there that you're watching live. I appreciate the comments here. Um, let us know what you thought about being able to book if you could. Oh, okay. Wait, this just flew through Denver and TSA pre-check closed at 745, but clear was still open. Nice. Shout out to clear. Shout, yeah. But then you still have to take out your laptop and stuff. No, you just like stand there and they like, scan your eyeballs. So now yeah. your eyeballs are on file everywhere. Your eyeballs. And then like, <laughs> and then you have to go through security. <laughs> and if you have American Express, that's one of their benefits. They'll pay for it. So I like correct. that as well. This is correct. They'll pay for that. And then they'll also pay for global entry. Oh, my gosh. By the way, you need to get global entry, please. I got to work on I'm working on it, Sarah. Stop yelling at me. <laughs> anyway, interesting. I'm curious to see. Uh, actually, I've got a friend that's traveling to London this coming weekend. So and I think she's flying back on Sunday. Uh, so report back. Yeah, how that ends up uh, working out for her if she does it. So, okay, switching up things just because everything is—it's been a week, and we've talked about all of these topics. Some of them heavier than others. Uh, wanted to kind of just spice things up and talk about the worst airline behavior. So this article came out, um, and they talked about they—they they basically rated the worst seven worst airline behaviors that you can do per Skyscanner. 
So we're going to go through the seven, starting at seven all the way down to one. And I want to see, Steve, what have you been guilty of? I will also admit if I've been guilty of something. Um, and, uh, and guy, by the way, guys, as you're listening to this, let us know, have you done any of these things on a plane or while traveling? All right. You ready? You ready. Okay. The number one or this number seven, switching seats. Have you switched seats? Well, no, I like the seat I choose. However, if it's empty and there's available seats, why not move around? I don't see anything wrong with that one. No, I've no, but like, have you tried to switch seats when you've been traveling with family? No, mm -mm. Oh. I book. I booked that whole row. I know what I'm taking. I don't want to switch seats, so I get it. Switching seats with somebody, asking them to. Your no was so. You're like no. no. That's on lock before we get to the airport. We're prepped, well, unless yeah. there's some kind of crazy emergency. But no, I'm prepped. True. Um, no, I've I've asked to switch seats before. I've definitely asked to switch seats. Um, a when I've been traveling by myself and I was stuck maybe like for some weird reason in the middle seat, and I knew for a fact that there was like a window seat that was open. And I'm like, hey, I've asked um, the flight attendants if I could switch. I've also been on a flight with um, with a significant other, and like he and I booked at the different times. And the next, you know, we were like, well, it would be nice if we could sit together. And so we we were those people that asked. And of course he's like, you got to ask, like you're the, you're the female. And I'm like, okay, fine. Um, so yeah, I'm guilty of it. That's that. And Jim says That's never. That. And the flights are packed so hard to switch seats once you're seated. Totally. That is true. I think they're packing us in even more now. Yeah, totally. Totally. Okay. Uh, number six, using both armrests, considering mm -hmm. if the, yeah, no, right. Yeah, we're hospitable people, you know. Yeah, your I love your face is hilarious. You're like, no. I do I have lean to one side. But like, number five is reclining your seat. I mean, I recline my seat. Why, if it wasn't meant to, why would it have it on yeah, there? Agreed. And I, by the way, I love that you say that. I think it's so weird when people are like, you shouldn't recline your seat, and I'm like, wait. Now there are ways you should recline your seat. Like maybe you should like not just go. Like so quickly and then like like, inch it back slowly. Just that, to yeah. test just the gauge. Well, you have to keep in mind on when you're reclining your seat because There's let's food, say you've already done like drink service and they've got like their ginger ale in front of them, and then you go like that, and then it goes everywhere and it's all sugary. That would be annoying. So <laughs> recline your seat, just do it carefully. If I love some of these comments coming through with Marcia oh, yeah, so yeah. talking about changing seats. Uh, you know, oh. I have a <laughs> saying that she regretted it. The next oh, thing she knew, a child was kicking her the seat the entire time. I, I get asked by families all the time. I'm like that easy target. They're like, oh, this chick's definitely going to, she's got a soft heart. And I'm like, I do. All right. She, well, number four, oh, this is. Oh, middle seat gets to use both armrests. Yes. I, always... <laughs> I don't know. You don't <laughs> know? Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. I, I never sit in the middle seat. Definitely don't. Yeah. No. In theory, you know, I don't like to sit in the middle seat, but sometimes when I change my flights last minute, I get stuck there. And so oof, I definitely try to be as compact as possible. Um, yeah, for sure. Okay. What's the next one there? Taking off your shoes or socks. Ooh, Yikes. So, That's wild to me. Long, long flights, shoes with socks on, but not taking off your socks. Right, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, like long flights. Um, and I mean, I've done some like overseas and like fourteen hour. Right, they tell you to like take them off so you don't get swelling, but taking Ooh. off your socks is a little no, walking no, no, around no. barefoot. I will say, when I was coming back from uh, Sri Lanka last year, I was the only person that had shoes on. The entire flight was barefoot. 
And I was like, I look, I also understand there's like a cultural element to it as well, too. Mm -hmm. And you know, at that point, you've got so many people that are used to I'm walking around barefoot. I was like, well, whatever. But I definitely looked around. I was like, wow, I stand out. <laughs> this is wild. Yeah, so, so I guess that let's go. We got number three. Yep. Unwanted conversations. Yes. Okay. I actually, by the way, have an article coming out about this soon that um, I'm going to be sharing is how to stop those unwanted conversations because, oh my gosh, it can happen. And it's more than just like putting on your earphones. Like I've had people that continue to talk to me while I have headphones on or they're this or whatever, or they start venting or, and then they're sharing their whole life story. And oh, sometimes you just want to go to sleep. I say, hey, man, I appreciate the convo. I just, I just want to read my book. Like sometimes, I mean, and, and half the time, you know, when you really pay attention, it's just people being lonely. Mm -hmm. So like, it makes sense, but like, whew, yeah, whew, I'm good. Yeah. We'll see if we got headphones in. Don't talk to somebody. <laughs> oh, this is the one I hate the most. Using your speakerphone. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, O M G. Yes. No. It was, yeah. uh, you know who will appreciate it, it was my, my partner Victor Ferry. We're on not on the plane, but on the train that we took the bright line train to Orlando, and someone was on her speakerphone the whole time. And I just started watching her and just like kind of staring at her and saying, Oh, that sounds good. I like it. And it was a very important meeting. Like she was talking about financials and different things, all on speakerphone for everyone on the train to hear. Um, anyhow, but well, we stared enough at her that she finally got the hint and was like, Oh, I that don't was pretty understand cool. Understand how people think that that's okay. I really don't get it. Please, and by the way, no speakerphones out there. I know some of you out there do this. Don't do it. No speakerphones on conversations. And then also, if you are traveling with kids, totally a fan of like you making sure that your child has something to watch. I get that. Headphones. Why? Mm -hmm. Headphones, please. Headphones, because, you know, I can only listen to Peppa the Pig so much or Bluey exactly. out there. Any Bluey fans? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and last, personal grooming. Oh, this is the number one worst habit to have worst action to do on a plane personal grooming have you ever seen people doing stuff like clipping their toenails or like doing weird see. Stuff like that? yes and but it's not everyone's watching people all right so if you're scratching your belly button or your butt or picking your nose people see what's happening all right and so i tell us people in hotels all the time like people are always watching everybody's watching that's right sure. and especially yeah. now everyone's got cameras don't end up on tmz doing something crazy on these planes with personal grooming um, but you know, not personal grooming, but I know we're running long on time here, but yeah. I had a guy on my most recent flight, put his hand over the chair. So mm -hmm. like stretching and left it there. He fell asleep and it was on my TV screen. So I just started touching his hand, caressing his hand lightly. And he, freaked out. he freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he gets. That's yeah. what he gets. So okay. Behave on planes, everyone. Behave. <laughs> we're out in public. You know how to yeah. behave in public. Just do it. Like I get it. Flights are long. You want to be comfortable, but you are in a public space. Mm -hmm. There are certain rules of engagement. Okay. Real-time recap. Have you experienced something interesting in hospitality this week, Steve? Well, I was lucky enough. I think I can share this. I was lucky enough to be at the friends and family uh, practice for the new Rayo's Italian restaurant in Miami nice. Beach. That's opening at the Lowe's Miami Beach Hotel. It opens Fun. on October 25th. Okay. Start taking reservations next week. So it's an ultra famous restaurant out of New York that only has like 15 tables that no one can get into. And now mm -hmm. you can experience here in Miami. 
And you might have also seen it because they're selling their famous sauce in the grocery stores now. So Rayo's is yes. uh, a great a great experience. I'm excited for it to finally open. So then I can, I was told, don't share any social media and don't share any reviews until we are open. I said, you got it, guys. Don't they, worry. They'll, they'll, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. I know they yeah. opened up in Los Angeles a couple of years ago. I think it's still open. Um, it was definitely a big bang when they opened and then a little bit like um, it got a little bit quiet. But uh, but yeah, definitely definitely good stuff there. Um, ooh, my real time recap. Um, you know, I actually it'll go. I, I was at a restaurant and the server, what it was so interesting. He was so like polite. Well, not he was so fun and personable and it's, and it was just like, it added so much to the experience. And it's this, reminder that look we've all been out to dinner a gazillion times we can many of us go some of us go out multiple times in a week and mm -hmm. sometimes it can be very transactional but again it's just if they if they can just do something that adds it whether they make it a little bit more personal because they share something you know that that's going on with them or whatever it is it just adds to the whole experience and so um this particular restaurant happened to bring a dish back that they was my favorite dish forever and they took it away for like three four years and they finally brought it back and he was like that was before my time but he's like everybody's so excited about it so it just like it, it just made the whole experience and it's so simple but again sometimes with these real-time recaps um it's a reminder that just that simple taking that moment to connect with people really just makes all the difference, whether you are in a restaurant, at a hotel, um, you know, at a at a residence, whatever that might be. So uh, connect with people because that is the key to hospitality. I love it. Good way. Yeah. Good way to say it. Totally. OK. You want to say what our hospitality quote is for this? I would love to. Yes. Our quote this week is your most unhappy customers are your greatest source of learning. Mm -hmm. And it's very true. And I'm a big believer in this. Our guests and customers tell us what they want in the reviews all the time. And so for my teams, I would always say, whatever they're saying that we're doing well, keep doing it. If they're yeah. asking for certain things, let's add those things. And if yeah. they're telling us we're doing something wrong, we already know what to do. Let's fix those things. So it's not rocket science. It's not rocket science. So definitely make a point, go through your reviews. I used to do that for several of the properties that I worked for. I would actually respond to all the TripAdvisor reviews. And I was just like, Oof. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I would have well, to thank you for your feedback. Yeah. Because, and, and, but at the end of the day, I was like, Hey, like there's a trend, like this is like, people are complaining about the service, like at the rooftop bar, or they're complaining about this or whatever it is, not the one off where somebody was saying the price yeah. of cheese was too expensive. Yes. Like, okay. No. That's weird, but okay. Mm -hmm. What do you expect? It's cream cheese in a hotel. It's going to be expensive. But, um, but again, it's like you use what the, what's, trending so to speak and and then and then actually take action on it yes that's so, the key definitely definitely the key so love that quote oh my gosh i know we went a little bit longer today we want to be mindful of everybody's time everybody's got busy schedules uh but this was a really fun show this was great we covered a lot of different things we packed a lot in and yeah. everyone needs to behave on the planes we see everyone's watching i appreciate you finally joining steve well listen the technical <laughs> difficulties here at the beginning I don't so, know what's going on, producers. We got to get back on this. No, we got it. We got it. No, it's all good. Um, so as a reminder, if you uh, 
be sure to you know share this be subscribe on all of the channels that you happen to listen to your um podcast on also if you want us to talk about uh, a topic that you see or something that you've seen going on in coming episodes let us know you know you are connected with us online share those topics we're happy to cover them um also we've got the gmc report as well too be sure to sign up for that the good morning hospitality uh, report love that we need to share that link next time yeah we'll we gotta put it in our in our episode but also yeah. guys make sure you subscribe Leave us a, a rating and a comment because it's a huge help to all of us and it spreads the word of what we're doing here and we can all have some more fun here today. And a big thank you to the producers in the background, by the way. Oh my gosh. Whoa, 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 whoa. We got, we got all these. Sorry, that's Apple. That's Apple doing all this thing. Claire for helping in the background as well as Will. They uh, help us come live to you every week. So um, big shout out to them. Always so great. And thank you guys for tuning in. More next week. See you next week, everyone. All right.